Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is Stuart Sharp, U.S. Soccer ENT Technical and Grassroots Director. Also, he is the head coach of the U.S. Soccer Paralympic National Team. Stuart, welcome to the program. Hello, Marcus. Uh, Thanks for inviting me along and and giving me this opportunity to to speak to all your uh, constituents. Well, you know, December is U.S. Disability Soccer Month, and uh, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that and what's going on uh, in the month for that. And also, too, I don't think a lot of our community knows that we have a Paralympic national team. Uh, some of them here in West Virginia may just because we've had a player uh, beyond that team who's from West Virginia. But before we dive into all of that, Stuart, why don't you just go ahead and give us a quick background about you, your experiences, and how you you got to hear of, of course uh i suppose you you may be able to tell already from my my accent um i'm not originally from the u.s i'm, I'm uh, born and bred in, in glasgow scotland and and really that's where i started my my coaching career uh i was with the scottish football uh, association which is the same as the u.s soccer federation equivalent in scotland since about 96 working through various levels elite squads women's college national team right the way through to uh, my final role, which was the, the national manager for disability football in, in Scotland, which what that meant was I was in charge of all levels of disability football, disability soccer, from grassroots to national teams and, and coach education. Uh, I then arrived on, on these shores uh, with a job which was outside of soccer, with a remit for sport for development and conflict resolution through some some work with the, the UN and, and and managed to travel the, the the world a little bit working in Haiti and, and Russia and Jordan and and hopefully making an impact there using soccer as a as a vehicle for for peace and then luckily and you you said it in the, the opening there and in 2014 I was I was asked to join US soccer and and in my current role as uh, extended national team technical director. Uh, I work ac- across all our extended national teams, which are beach soccer, futsal, as well as Paris of Side, who I'm also the head coach for. Um, and and that's why I'm I'm on this podcast today to hopefully uh, bring some awareness to to some of the things that we're doing at US Soccer that some of uh, the coaches and, and parents and, and referees in West Virginia have maybe not heard about until till now. Wonderful. Sounds like quite a journey. Why don't you go ahead and <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit about the U.S. Soccer Paralympic National Team and what it is? Of, of course, yeah. And, and as you said, still at this stage, the team has been around since about 96. And still a lot of people haven't heard about the team, despite it being uh, a central team for, for U.S. Soccer. So the team is made up of, of players who have either been born with cerebral palsy, uh, have acquired a, a traumatic injury or had a stroke at one point in their their life so we've we've players from all different backgrounds you know someone who's come through life with with a disability and despite that uh, found the love for for soccer and we have many of of those players who've played 
to give you an idea, D1, D2 soccer, uh, right the way through to we've got players on our team who've had traumatic brain injuries, whether it be through accidents at, at work, through car crashes, or having served in our, our militaries uh, overseas, and as as well as some, some of our players who've uh, at one stage in their life had had a stroke. And just so people have it in their mind's eye, the these these players, uh, you know, they're ambulatory, they, they're not in wheelchairs, they're not in crutches. They Again, they've, they've played at a pretty good level at, at college and, um, you know, they, they go out and and their job is to represent the, the nation like any 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 one of our national teams, you know, to the to the best of their ability. How does this team compare to some of the other national teams under the U.S. soccer umbrella? You mentioned futsal, you mentioned beach soccer. Of course, we got the men's and women's national teams. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, first of all, it's it's a, it's a full U.S. soccer national team, meaning that it's, it is fully funded, uh, you know, in terms of travel and, and training camps and equipment. And you know their their job is like as I said before, like any other, to to win and perform on on the international stage. And, and currently the team's ranked number four in the world. Uh, probably the biggest difference is that on the para team, uh, playing for the national team is you know as a joy, is you know as a as a mission in many of our our players' lives. But it's not their their way and, and means of employment. So that becomes the biggest struggle. So if you compare that to maybe some of our, our youth national team players or, or men and women's national team players, our players uh, sometimes have to retire after after college because they have to go and get a job uh, or can't attend tournaments because you know we're asking them to take six weeks away from their employer or away from school to, to represent their nation. So the biggest difference is that you know our, our players are are voluntary when it comes to representing their, their nation and that that can present some struggles but on on the field you'll, you'll see the same grit and determination and you know we, we fall within the technical plan in terms of uh developing a, a style of play that hopefully is recognizable uh to to people out there as a u.s team now i know there's certain pathways to getting to the men's and women's national teams what's the pathway for somebody to be a part of the paralympic national team Love that question. I love that question, Marcus. Uh, the I, I use the same analogy all the time. It's uh, finding a player for the para national team is a little bit like trying to find a needle in a haystack when you don't know what a haystack looks like. <laughs> uh, and 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 I say that because where do you find someone? And I, I you know, and if you think about this when I say this, where do you find someone? Uh, of a good level with a traumatic brain injury playing playing soccer or has had a stroke because they'll be out there playing mainstream soccer. Uh, so it's one of our biggest issues uh, and challenges, I should say, is is finding players for the national team or players finding us for the national team. So we, we really have two main routes. One, uh, which has been the, the route for probably the last 20 years, is through word of mouth and through you know, in recent years, social media and people becoming aware that this opportunity exists. And, and again, to get on the team, I would imagine players are playing mainstream soccer or have played mainstream soccer at that level. So what they would do, they would get in contact with myself um, and I can share my, my details uh, later on. And they, they would send in some videos. We would have some conversations, maybe get some more videos. And then if they were at the level, 
we would bring them into a, a national team training camp. So, so that's one route. The other route, one of their members uh, at US Soccer is called CP Soccer US. And this has been a great step in the last three years where we're now developing talent. So we're getting 13, 14 year olds into our, our youth programs. And along with their technical director, uh, Ashley Hammond, we're working with them. So trying to get these younger players used to the principles and expectations that would be required if they take the step into a national team. So so really, we're to get involved, uh, we're, we're hoping that podcasts like this, that, that people become aware of it and they, they get in contact and we, we go from there. Now, I know, obviously, one of the reasons why we had you on was to bring awareness to the uh, Paralympic national team. Um, uh, some here in West Virginia may know about it or have briefly heard about it just because one of our West Virginia Soccer Association Hall of Fame members, Josh McKinney, uh, played for the team uh, when he was inducted in a couple of years ago. Um, he had a lot of great memories being on the team, and he talked about that in his acceptance speech. Talk to us about these experiences of these players on the team, being a part of the team and traveling the world. For, for, for sure, and I should also add to, to that, I think he's also a West Virginia, or certainly was West Virginia resident, Jay Hoffman, bit of a legend in, in the coaching fraternity, was also the, he was the head coach of the team before me, so I'd be, uh, I want to make sure I stress that he, he's done significant work in the area as well, but yeah, Josh, um, you know, what can I say, he's, the, the word legend gets used a lot in, in various sectors of uh, society, and and in soccer itself, but Josh is, is a legend within para soccer. He he started out uh, as a young player coming through, and you know I believe he started maybe national team debut around about ninety five, and his career spanned to twenty fourteen. Um, you know I was actually privileged to see, his, and I was there for his last game. You know when he scored again, I believe Tunisia, and scored a lob from from outside the box and. Uh, fantastic servant to the country and, and brilliant player with over 100 caps but that that only tells half the story you know the the players in the the team uh they grow up uh with the team you know josh as i said maybe joined when he was 15 and the team gives uh, many of the players an opportunity to to play alongside other individuals who've maybe faced similar barriers in their life mm. um that you know, they're coming together and sharing stories and, and sharing positive and negative experiences about life um, makes makes them stronger. Also, you know, for our military personnel who've maybe been injured overseas, uh, they, they've said to me and, you know, they've said publicly as well as privately that the team in some ways has saved their life. It's given them a, a new purpose, another purpose to, to serve the country. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got so many, you know, great stories but behind the team and uh, we've got some but I, I i stress that these stories are, are brilliant to listen to and you know admirable in so many ways but i know each player wants to be seen as an athlete first uh and you know that the story is just part of that uh, part of that journey now december is u.s disability soccer month with u.s soccer uh talk to us a little bit about that and and what's going on yeah, so December will be U.S. Disability Soccer Month uh, at U.S. Soccer, and, and this is our inaugural uh, launch of, of this month. And, and the idea behind it is that we want to celebrate 
everyone who's involved uh, participating or supporting disability soccer across the US. So this isn't about the national team, this is about our member organisations, our individuals out there who work at a grassroots level daily and and making the the game important for people with disabilities or they have disabilities themselves. So that's not just players, you know, that's coaches, it's fans and spectators who, you know, maybe are members of the American Outlaws who have disabilities. Uh, there are referees out there who have got disabilities or work with uh, within top soccer and, you know, referee the games and, and of course, administrators. And we want to recognise and, and celebrate this rich tapestry of of and variety of disability soccer that we have across the US. So we've, we've created a, a tagline called Adapt and Thrive. Uh, and what we're hoping to do is, is spotlight some some in, individuals and some groups out there th- this month directly through our social media. Uh, but also we would want uh, people to, to share their own personal stories by using this adapt and thrive hashtag and tagging themselves on social media. And we will share those stories of, of people out there working with disabilities or working with people with disabilities and, and soccer. So yeah, we're, this is just the start of it. This is our inaugural year. We hope that uh, over the next 12 months, we can grow this into uh, something bigger and better and some programming around it and, and really uh, and bring together the disability soccer community. And you mentioned about Top Soccer, a a program through USU Soccer. Uh, We're actually going to have somebody uh, who's the national chair from US Soccer on in a couple of weeks to talk about the Top Soccer program, uh, which honestly I experienced myself for the first time probably a couple of years ago, and I was just completely blown away by the program and what we're doing uh, for those who are disabled to be included in the greatest sport in the world, which I think is wonderful. For, for sure. You know, and uh, is it Dave, Dave Robinson that's coming on? To, to yep, speak with yep, you? Dave yeah. will, yep, Dave will be on the program. He, he's he's fantastic and does uh, a great deal for Top Soccer along with many others. And, and uh, yeah, Top, top Soccer, and, and really there's so many different programs out there, whether it be Dwarf Soccer, Power Soccer, Deaf Soccer, Amputee Soccer. There's so many ways that people with, disabilities players with disabilities coaches with disabilities can impact the game and and as you said it is a beautiful game and what we and certainly what my you know mission in life is and and i hope to drive this forward at at u.s soccer as as we grow the game we want to ensure no matter someone's ability or or disability you know whatever way you want to interchange those words uh, can can experience the game at a level that they find uh, appropriate and, and enjoyable whether that be mainstream soccer uh, and we have a dispensation rule that maybe someone can play an age group younger or, you know, a specific uh, discipline like power soccer or, you know, top soccer where everyone plays together. We want people to experience a game and, and have joy uh, and, and have joy through that. Now, I may throw a curveball at you, but I'm trying to remember this from my memory, which isn't always great. Um, do I remember seeing something on social media from you guys talking about a women's para team? Yeah. Uh, so we, the, the plan, to be honest, was that the, the women's para team would have already been up and running and uh where are we? 2020. I'm losing my my name myself there. 2020. Yeah. The the it was the inaugural uh, Paris 
Para Women's World Cup that was due to be held last year. Uh, that, for for obvious reasons with COVID, was uh, postponed, and that's been rescheduled for this coming summer. So uh, our, our plans uh, at this point in time is to to ensure that the US is represented at that inaugural World Cup and, and quite rightly be seen as, as leaders in, in, in the game at, at all levels. Stuart, as we kind of wrap things up here, if you could leave our audience with just one thought uh, about uh, disability soccer, what would that one thought be from you? Uh, I, I would say probably two things if you, you allow me to do so. Absolutely. You know, that, uh, you know, soccer for soccer is about not you know the, the word disability. It's about just ensuring that that people with um, despite their uh, disabilities or sorry, wrong word. I wouldn't say despite. I would say no matter their disabilities, no matter their ability in life, that everyone should have equal opportunity to experience the game. So that's that's our vision, and that's what we want to do. Uh, the other thought is there's. The biggest barrier to people uh, and players and coaches experiencing the game who have disabilities is the the lack of awareness of the opportunity. So I hope that your listeners can you know join us in this month and you know share that hashtag and think about people that they know out there who might benefit or enjoy playing the game of soccer who maybe have a disability and and point them in the direction of uh, you know, their local state, or you can point them in the direction of U.S. soccer and we'll find them a place to, to play. Wonderful. Stuart, how can they, you guys are very active on online, on social media platforms. Where can they find you guys and where can they find you? Yeah, so they, uh, they can find the, all the Paralympic uh, information on, uh, on, on Twitter, on social media, uh, sorry, on Twitter, Instagram, and and Facebook with the same tag, which is US Soccer underscore PNT. And um, if if they want to, to follow me on online, they, uh, I'm at 4S Sharp uh, on Twitter, or they can send me an email directly, which is S Sharp without an E at US Soccer Dog. I'm glad you pointed that out about Noe because we have a sharp uh, in West Virginia who's uh, uh, one of in our referee program. He has an E. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so with that, any, <laughs> all good. Wonderful, and we'll make sure to post all that information and tag you guys uh, in the things that we promote on our social media platforms uh, about the PNT. So, uh, Stuart, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk to us today. Uh, about the national team and about uh, U.S. Disability Soccer Month. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marcus, and uh, good luck in all your endeavors. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.